The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Legs on North Limestone. It is August the 25th, 2022, 401 to be exact. August 25th, it's my brother's birthday, Amber. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dylan. He's 25 years old. That doesn't even seem real. Well, let's see. He was born in August of 1997. Don't make me math live on so the 22, air. So 22, 3, 4, 5. So he's 25 years old. So congrats. So... I think getting older is a blessing. It's hard to believe. Yeah, 25 is a big milestone, too. Yes. Well, Amber, it is Thursday, and you know how Thursday is. I know. It's one of those days where I'm busy, always driving around, always uh-huh. got a lot going on. What's going on, by the way, around <laughs> my, had my mask on. I love seeing y'all flustered like this. Yes, but anyway, it's been a very busy, it's been a very busy day, and when I drive, I, I typically enjoy it. Yeah. However, I hate it when I get stuck by red lights. Oh, yes. Red lights can ruin a good drive. Oh, and we're in the city of red lights. We are. You can be enjoying your drive, but it could be frustrating when everything's going smooth and then you have to stop at a red light. But, Amber, I have a life hack for you. Are you ready yeah. to hear this? I can tell you how you can make your that light go from red to green. If you say run it, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way. But you, te- you technically can't make it go green by running it. Yeah. I guess in your own mind well, it would be green. in my rearview mirror be green. <laughs> but, yeah, but you can, there's a way to make your that light turn green so it's not honking the horn okay because it don't have ears okay it's not it's not moving up closer like people think you know, so it's not to the sensor a lot of people think it has something to do with the sensor yeah that's not the case oh this is terrible it's all you basically have to do is flash your high beams yeah towards the light uh-huh. and it will trigger the light to turn green so just a couple of things you can't it can't be a light that just turned red okay it's, ha- it's kind of a light that gets stuck okay have you, have you ever been at a light that gets yeah, stuck? Yeah, winchester road yes anybody in lexington can agree with that yes so if if you find yourself stuck at a red light then a just a flash from your high beams can take care of it for you but i'm assuming you have to be the first car at the line you know, like you can't be like the fifth car up there just flashing everybody <laughs> I don't know. So you have a lot of responsibility <laughs> as the first car that pulls up to the red light don't you sometimes feel like that when a light is stuck and you're the first one at it that you caused it yeah you're under pressure that is so much pressure well and you see people really trying to like make it turn green they'll back up they'll they'll go forward back up a little bit well and everybody behind you crunches up behind you so you're like man like people are depending on me now 
We know what to do. You know what to do if you get stuck. But that's a life hack. Don't you love a good life hack? I love good life hacks, and I'm hoping you got more like this. Well, I do actually have more life hacks to share. Okay. Amber, there's so many life hacks that exist. And what a life hack is, is basically a hack that is kind of a secret. Well, like a cheat code. It's a cheat code in life. Things to make your life easier. And we love that. So I'm going to give the audience some more life hacks. Okay. Because I already told you a banger. (laughs) Basically, you just flash your high beams at a red light and it will turn green. Okay. What about this life hack? Do you ever have a bunch of cords and cables that you don't throw away but you need? Yeah. Okay, and those get tangled up pretty easily. All don't the time. They? Well, I'm going to tell you how to organize your cables. You probably haven't thought about, about this, so this will be a life hack. So all you need to do is get a shoebox and okay. a few pieces of toilet paper row. Okay. Put like, the toilet paper rows, empty toilet paper rows in okay, the shoebox, okay. and then you just Tuck your cords <laughs> into the uh, toilet paper yeah. dispensers, little uh, things we call them. <laughs> I have no clue what kind of hand gesture. Uh, <laughs> I guess you're making like little pods to stick them in. Yes. Yeah, like a little, like a bo- you said, a box with the toilet paper, like empty carton. Yes. Or not carton, but cardboard. Whatever and then that's you can, called. Yeah, the cardboard. Yes. The toilet paper cardboard. And you stuff your cords down in there. Yeah. And and there you go. You have organized cords. And you could label, you could label the toilet paper cartridges. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the, the toilet paper rows. Yeah. You can label those. That's a life hack. You can also, okay, what about, do you ever like drinking out of a can of pop with a straw? Yeah, all the time. Okay. Does the straw ever just come out because the pop's full? It just pops out. Oh, all the time. Well, I'm going to tell you a life hack of how to stop that. Yeah. So if you're fed up with your straw always coming out (laughs) of your drink, all you got to do is put your straw through the can's tab. Yeah. And then it stays in place. Yeah, you got to flip her around. So twist that tab on uh-huh. your can around so the straw can go through the tab and the hole and it keeps your straw in place. See, but I was one of those weird kids. I always took my tab off. Did you ever do that? No, because it, that protects your lips from getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I would, I'm not going to lie, and I would chew on them. On the tab? On the tab. Why? I, I chew on things. Well, I, I know this. It's just, but... It was just a problem. Okay. How? Here's another life hack. Are you sick of smashing your thumb or your fingers holding a nail when you're trying to hammer something in? All the time. All you have to do is use a clothespin to hold a nail while hammering. A clothespin? That's it. When you, you know, clothespins that hang close, take a clothespin, put it on the nail, hold on to the clothespin, and it holds the nail in place. I mean... That sounds pretty nice. All right. Have you ever needed AAA batteries and the only ones you got are AA? Yes. You needed them? So uh, what do you do? Do you just go to the store and buy some or do you just say, oh, well. Ikea. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you that you do not need to go out and buy AAA batteries. Yeah. It says here that when you need to replace the batteries in the remote without uh, tracking to the store, stick a AAA battery in there, then roll a small ball of aluminum foil to plug the gap on the negative end of the battery. Well. So... I think basically you can use AAA batteries instead of AA ones. Okay, okay. Yes. So now look, I was gonna say that sounds more like me because I'm always running out of AA. Yeah. So if, if you if you just have uh, AAA and you need more AA, yeah, you can use an extra AAA battery to suffice for your AA 
Yeah. Absence. So a little aluminum foil in the battery. Okay. Yes. Did you know that you can burn crowns if you are out of candles? I did know that one. Really? Yes. Who taught you that? Well, I mean... I don't know. They're wax. I mean, the, wax. The crown should, it says it should burn for up to 30 minutes. Well, I didn't know how long, but that's an awful long time. Are you sick, Amber, of getting your keys confused on your key ring? All the time. And wouldn't you just love to be able to just kind of decipher what key that goes to? Mm-hmm. All you got to do is paint the caps of your keys, the little bottom of the keys, yeah. with fingernail polish. Uh, yeah, but I see the problem about that one is I don't really have fingernail polish. Well, you could also buy colorful caps. That's true. That go one key. That's true. I was just trying to save you a dollar. Hey, look at there. But there you go. Those are some life hacks. How about that? Here's another one. You can use a hairdryer to get rid of water rings on your table. Hey, now how is that one? Because I've got some I need to get rid of right now. I'm excited to use it, to use this life hack. I haven't used it, but that is a life hack that you can. So it look, it just kind of burns away the, the debris on yeah. your table. Well. So it wipes it all up because coaster... If you forget a coaster and you have a ring on your table, it's hard to get rid of those rings. Sometimes you can't ever get rid of them. Yes. You can... Okay, have you ever wanted to make your iPhone speaker louder? Yes. When you're listening to music or a podcast or maybe off the cuff without a Bankstone podcast? Hey. All you got to do, folks, here's a life hack to to make your speaker louder on your phone is to use a bowl... As a makeshift iPhone speaker, you just stick your iPhone in a bowl, mm-hmm. and it will create a, a a louder speaker. Yeah. Now, I use that one, like, in all sincerity. That one actually does work. You can do a cup. You can do a bowl. Anything to bounce the sound a little more. Anything. Right. Yeah. I've done that before, too. Uh, so those are some life hacks. Life hacks that will just make your life simpler. Now, look. I hope this first one works, because if not, you're going to have me running around Lexington just flashing my high beams at everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, you're going to see a lot of people in Lexington now flashing their <laughs> high beams because of that. But ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. We'll be right back. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Do you remember this little gym, Amber? Hey, there we go. Limp Biscuit had this banger, Nookie, back in the 90s. 1999 is when this song was really at its peak. People were loving them some Limp Biscuit, And Limp Biscuit was a huge headliner. One of the big headliners for Woodstock 1999. Amber, have you checked out? <laughs> have you checked out that Woodstock 99 documentary on Netflix? It's called Trainwreck. Absolutely. It's it's a great Netflix. First of all, let me just say has been dropping some bangers. Uh, thank you. Yes, they, they have. They've been dropping some good documentaries, but one of their best covers the famous event, the infamous rather event of Woodstock 1999. So basically, they wanted the creators of Woodstock 
1969 had a peaceful music festival where they celebrated just peace, love, joy, and uh, celebrating humanity. Yeah. And it was a very peaceful music festival. Mm -hmm. So the creators of Woodstock 99 thought, hey, 30 years later, 30 30 years later, 69 to 99, let's create Woodstock 99. Let's create the same vibe, the same festival again. All of their intentions did not turn out that way. (laughs) No, great plan, poor execution. Great plan, poor execution. So they tried to recreate this festival again in 1994, but it was a a failure because they made no money off of it because there was poor planning that went into it and fans snuck in Mm -hmm. and you can't make any money if fans are sneaking in water, pop, food, and, and also admission. Yeah. So it didn't work. It was a fail. But they said, hey, let's try it again. Uh-huh. We'll charge them a bunch of money. We'll charge them a bunch of money for water, for mm-hmm. pop. We'll make sure that they can't sneak in. Yep. So 1999, here we are. They're ready to put on this festival. People want to go because 99, there's a lot of good music out. Oh, yeah. There's new new music every week. They promise some great bands, some great headliners uh-huh. to be there. Limp Biscuit being one of them. Just listen at some of the people that were playing at Woodstock 99. There was Fatboy Slim, Creed, uh, Elvis Costello, Godsmack, Seven Dust, Bush, Corn, DMX, Sheryl Crow, James Brown, Insane Clown Posse, The Roots, Buck Cherry, uh, Metallica, Limp Biscuit, Alanis Morissette, Dave's Matthew Band, Counting Crows, Kid Rock, just to name a few. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. So there was there was a ton. There was a ton of artists there, more that I just didn't even name. Oh, yeah. Willie Nelson. Now, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, I said Alanis. Oh, did you say Alanis? So a ton of performers that were there. So I can see why people wanted to go. Yes, it was a great lineup. It's a great lineup. It's it's a it, And it's Woodstock. It's mm-hmm. going to be a famous concert. But the documentary shows us that everything that could go wrong went wrong at this concert <laughs> because of... Poor planning. Exactly. In a nutshell, poor planning. It was so hot at uh-huh. Woodstock on the weekend that they had it. They had, It was a three-day festival, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday all day. Uh, Music all day in uh-huh. the heat. In the summer, at the end of July, uh-huh. okay, at the end of July, when some, we're at the peak of the heat. Well, and, and the location that they chose, that's the part I didn't understand, was the location choice for that particular time of the year. You chose the hottest time of the year and threw people out on a tarmac. Yes, and... The crew of Woodstock 99 failed to provide any shade None. for the people that attended. So you saw people lying under coal trucks uh-huh. or tractor trailers, not coal trucks, tractor, <laughs> tra- tractor trailers, uh-huh. semis. They were just doing anything to get to get out uh, of the sun. To get out of the sun. And I don't know if you've ever been in a place where there's no shade. Oh, yeah. It's miserable. Oh, oh nothing worse than and that. And you'll do anything to find it. I remember at Kings Island one time, I could not find shade. Yeah. And I remember I booted so many people out of the way <laughs> because they were standing in it. Just because I, I was about to have a heat stroke. Yeah, you just need to get out. But that's what pe- people were trying to find shade and they couldn't find it. So that was one thing. Another thing is when it's that hot, what do you want to do? You want to drink water. Uh, yep. 
You couldn't because no. water was four dollars a bottle. Uh-huh. The the food was eight dollars. Now I know what you're thinking. That sounds like a Cincinnati Reds game. Well, in nineteen ninety nine, four dollars for a bottled water That was a lot. Well, what was minimum wage in nineteen ninety nine? Four dollars an hour? <laughs> Probably. So you're gonna work an hour for a bottle of water? It was ridiculous. So it gets worse. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. So people are so thirsty. Mm-hmm. They start busting pipes thinking they're getting clean drinking water. But what's happening is they're busting pipes that has contaminated water in it. To sum it up nicely, it is sewage. Well, I, I think what they did was, you know, they offered free water, but like what, the wait times were like 30 to 45 minutes. People weren't having it. And I think what ended up happening was because they burst those pipes, uh, you know, the pipe was right there by the porta potties. Yes. How did nobody think that that was going to happen? Right. Like you got your drinking station right by your porta potty. Where do you think that when when the porta potty, when people go into the porta potty, there's something that sucks all that feces and <laughs> urine up. Yeah. And that that's what those pipes were used for, and they were busting it. The the kids were and drinking it. They had it all over their mouth. Playing. So the porta potties eventually overflowed. Yes. You got to think. There were two hundred and fifty thousand people in attendance at this concert. Uh-huh. That's a lot of porta potties. That's a, and that's just in an, a military airbase is where it was at mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Uh huh. There was so much uh, pipes being busted that made the mud and that made the sewage start <laughs> to become very muddy. Look like a pig pen. It did, and the kids <laughs> were jumping in it, thinking it was mud, but they were rolling right around. Oh, I loved it. Those and, girls painting like flowers all over their face and body, and I'm like, well, and it was feces. Uh, we know what that is, and it was feces <laughs> all over them, face, uh huh, in People their mouth, ma- like mud mustaches all over their faces. What was it that one woman said that she got? It, they called it something. Of the mouth. Uh, was it trench mouth? It was called trench mouth. Yeah. And I don't know what that is. It doesn't sound fun. <laughs> bacteria. Yeah. No, not fun. Well, you imagine 250,000 people using porta potties mm-hmm. and you sitting there drinking their sewage. That sounds like the worst time in the world. It does. Well, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it gets it gets worse. So the attendees, they have no idea what to expect. There's no social media, right? No. 250,000 people. Everybody's hot. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's thirsty. Everybody smells bad. It's, uh, it's, com- it's a combination just of a lot of things. There was no shade. So when you combine all of that... And let's not forget, there's a bunch of alcohol there. Oh, I would say there was more alcohol flowing than there was water, and we know how yes. much water there was. When you have all of that combined, it becomes a ticking time bomb. So by the time that Limp Biscuit takes the stage, people were starting to rebel against the concert, and they were starting to rip off some of the stage. They were knocking down towers. They were... It, they were tearing up lights. Oh, yeah. It became a mess. And Limp Biscuit is a rock man. Uh-huh. Kind of heavy metalish. They are. And when they started telling the crowd to move, and you got 250,000 people jumping and bumping, the literal ground starts to move, <laughs> like an earthquake. Well, and I think, you know, he, he was out there, what, uh, surfing on a big old piece of plywood. Fred Durst was the lead singer. Yeah. You know, and they already knew, you know, from the night before, I think people started getting rowdy during the corn. Corn had closed out for 
Friday night, and I think people were already getting, you know, rough and rowdy then. So people already kind of knew what they had at their hands. And then, you know, I think Fred Durst, as soon as he, you know, got back, who was he talking to? Uh, John, was his name John Loiter? Was that his name from MTV? And he was like, we didn't do this. This is not our fault. Right. Well, they were, and and it it wasn't. Well, I mean. It was was not there. It was the concert, the people who put on the concert needed to take control of the situation. Absolutely. Like, I will never displace blame, but goodness grief, if you know, if you know everybody in front of you is going to jump, if you say jump, maybe don't tell them to if people are like falling down, dying, getting took out, you know, back to medical. Who was the band that came out and the guitars played completely naked? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Was that who it was? Yeah, it was Flea. Yeah, so Flea played completely, completely naked, naked during the ending of the concert. Yeah. So it it's it was a bad it was a bad situation. People were throwing bottles up on the stage. Yes. To the point to where it was knocking out artists, like hurting them. I think Jewel what walked off stage. She was like, "I'm not doing this." She's like, "I'm not doing this." Yeah. And here's the thing: everybody was in there and. I don't know why they didn't want to leave the people that went to the concert. I don't either. Because you could leave, but what they were doing at Woodstock, they were saying, stick around, stick around mm-hmm. till Sunday night because we have a main event. We have oh, yeah. a secret finale. We have a secret performer. And there were people that worked there that mm-hmm. didn't even know who the secret performer was. So rumors started to fly. Oh, yeah. Some people said Michael Jackson was showing up. Hey, that'd been cool. Some people said Madonna. Hey. Some people were just throwing out ridiculous names. Yeah. Prince. Oh. They were throwing them out. And it ended up, people were staying around for it, but it ended up the last people to go one was the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Don't get me wrong, a great band. Yeah, great closer. Great closer. But people were waiting for the surprise after that, and all it was was a video of Jimi Hendrix playing the guitar. Yeah. That's all it was. Oh. That was your main event. So... You'd think people got mad? Oh, my goodness. Of course they did. Yes. So it went from from bad to worse. Uh, Well, I I think what made it the bad to worse was, you know, not only did they just show the Jimi Hendrix, you know, I guess montage, they gave everybody candles. So during the Red Hot Chili Peppers performance, they handed out the Red Hot Chili Peppers, (laughs) they handed out candles to everybody at Woodstock. Well, I think it's the it was the people, it was the security there. So, it was, so the, it was it was the facility that handed out. Was it through a request of Red Hot Chili Peppers, or did no, they? No, okay. I think they were just trying. I think that was supposed to be the surprise is that they were going to close out Woodstock with you know this candlelit vigil, you know Jimi Hendrix playing in the background, yeah. and uh, no. <laughs> so so yes, you have everybody at that concert, two hundred and fifty thousand people, probably around one hundred and seventy five thousand around this point because it was Sunday night the last yeah a lot they said a lot of people had not left and everybody at that concert had a candle (laughs) had had a open flame and everybody lit it Uh uh-huh so hello that's a fire hazard fire broke out everywhere as as I don't understand how they did not foresee that happening so people were not leaving people were staying there to trash and tear down Woodstock so in it and it happened they were helicopters flying around to the point to where security was like, we're not dealing with this. The local police said, we're not dealing with this. And they had to call the National Guard and the state police uh-huh. to come in and clear it out. Oh, yeah. Well, I think what the medic, you know, that was on the documentary was like, we just said we don't even have the supplies to handle this. And, you know, so even the medical professionals had to just step away. Three people died at both Woodstock 99 and Woodstock 69. So in at Woodstock 69, or I'm sorry, Woodstock 99, 
One man died from complications stemming from the high temperatures. A woman was killed when she was struck by a car. And a man with a heart condition died of cardiac arrest at the event's campsite. Ooh. So the two men that died at the 1969, uh, two men died at the 1969 event after suffering drug overdoses. And then another young woman was killed at the 1969 event when a tractor ran over him while he was sleeping. So very tragic. So people did die Mm -hmm. at Woodstock 69 and 99, but it was not as chaotic as... uh, Comparing the both, 99 was off the chains more of a tragic oh, event. And Woodstock 99 is like Woodstock 69's like wicked stepbrother. <laughs> like you could almost say that that was Je- Jesse's wicked stepbrother. That's how bad it was. Yes. It was pretty terrible, but that was kind of the what makes it infamous was just the disaster that it was. Well, it's weird, you know, I love Alanis Morissette. You know, you set her, you know, on the list. She performed, and you know, I listen to that song "Uninvited" right every day. Every day, I wake up and, and I'm play, like, she played that at Woodstock. It's that that live performance from Woodstock, and like this is something that moves me every day. And like, you know, watching this, I was like, well, that wouldn't have moved me if I'd have seen it in real life. Yeah, folks, you can't have a concert. And have 250,000 people there and not provide shade. Security. Security. <laughs> what, they were selling the shirts, weren't they? Clean water. <laughs> I think the security guards were, weren't they? They were. And the people who put on Woodstock are in denial. They're delusional. La La Land. They thought that they're, they at the end of it, they were like, well, I think it went okay. I think everybody had a good time. <laughs> no, people were rolling around in crap and didn't know it. Uh, well, Literal it, crap. What, how me, How much uh, money was stolen from like ATMs that were, you know, trashed and broken into vendors? People were raped. Yes, they were. People were raped at this concert. They were, actually. There was a girl, there was one of the guys on the documentary said that he went behind the stage where there was a bunch of people... Was it behind the stage or close? In a car, I in, think. In, okay. It was in a car. In a car. And he saw that the woman was passed out, mm-hmm. but the guy was getting up and putting his pants on. A disgusting human being. Very much so. And that's just the one that he saw. Exactly. You know there was things like there that happening there. There were a lot. I think there were a lot, uh, at least four, I think, big allegations that came out. So, you know, we're going to hear updates on them now that this has come out, you know, again. Yeah, so I wonder if there will be a Woodstock 2029. I hope not. Because that will make 50 years. (laughs) I feel like our society now would... Burn it to the ground. Exactly. <laughs> Quicker than what 99 did. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't. It, you wouldn't even have to give candles now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. Stick with us. We'll be right back. I was lying on the grass a Sunday morning of last week, indulging in my self defeat. My mind was thought twisted Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. You know, Amber, there was no question in my mind that there were fans out there of Off the Cuff. I knew we had fans. Absolutely. But (laughs) apparently, Mm -hmm. I am 
Max Duffy's, one of his favorite broadcasters in Kentucky. I saw that. So we had Max Duffy on the show. You guys know him. The audience does. We had him uh, a couple weeks ago, did a full interview with him, and I went on his show, Pin It Deep, uh-huh. and kind of caused some noise talking about controversial statements made a few controversial statements but nonetheless it was still a good show absolutely and i like max max was cool we clicked we vibed it we we got along yeah so max released his top 10 broadcasters in kentucky Uh and before i read you the list yeah because i'm on this list Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio tweeted out a top 10 players of the Stoops era on Twitter. And he used a real big fancy graphic with Stoops on it, KSR at the bottom, and he's got his top 10 players of the Stoops era. Okay. Well, Max was not on that list. Oh. Max was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the most highly recruited punters of his recruiting class. Yeah. Well, maybe one, even considered one of the best punters in, in the nation. So for him not to be included on the list, I can see where he would get upset about it. Well, yeah, absolutely. So Max said, I haven't even got to look at the list yet, but I want to just say thank you to KSR. Appreciate for you all voting for me. Yeah. Him being cheeky. Uh-huh. He didn't make the list. He knows that. So Max tweeted out again. He said, I've made my own top 10 list. Okay. So Max made his top 10 media members of, of I guess, according to him. Okay. It's not the top 10 media members of Kentucky. Yeah. It's just Max Duffy's top 10 media members. Okay. Okay. So he basically just ripped off the graphic that KSR put out. I love that. Instead of Stoops up at the top, you got Max. And yeah. And you got, instead of the KSR emblem at the bottom, you got the pennant deep emblem. <laughs> I wonder how long that took him to do that. And then you have Max Duffy's top 10 media members, and they are as follows. Number one, Larry Vault. Uh-huh. Do you know who Larry Vault is? Uh, Vault Files, only because of you. Vault Views. Views. There we go. Dick Gabriel. Gabriel was number two. Yeah. Dick Gabriel is the host of the Big Blue Insider from six to eight on WLAP. Okay. Been around for a long time. A hundred years. Okay. There was John Hong, who mm-hmm. is a writer who some people like more than Larry Vaught, but he doesn't have the platform like Larry has. Yeah. And then you've got Lonnie DeMar, no ideas. Stone Cold say. Willow, I believe he's a fan favorite for a lot of uh, KSR listeners in the UK fan base. Ryan Lemon was on the list, but in parentheses, it was pre-KSR. <laughs> I love it. Dawson Royal, another guy I don't know, was on the list. Adam Banks comes on the list at number nine. I know that, dude. Yes. So I made the list at number nine, and number ten was Miles Butler, which is the co-host of Max's podcast. Yeah. And he put the worst member of the media as uh, Nick Roush mm-hmm. from KSR, and I'm assuming it's because Nick was the one that released the <laughs> KSR Top Ten. And did not include him. He did not. But I saw that. I thought it was funny. Yeah, Max tweeted it out. It's gotten 670 likes, like 25 uh, retweets, 25 quote tweets, because yeah. those are two separate things now. I have no, what, are, what is the difference between the two? A retweet's just you retweet it, and yeah. a quote tweet is you say something about it while okay. you retweet it. Okay, okay. So Matt Jones retweeted it as well, and it went, it got like a ton of likes and yeah. a ton of retweets as well. So it's been seen by Thousands of people now Uh at this point. But I just want to say that 
I want to say thank you <laughs> to Max for putting me on the top ten. Now, I'm sure that I, I, I would argue that I should be a little higher on that list. I was going to say. I mean, Dawson Rule, I, uh, come on now. Stone Cold Willow? You, mm-hmm. put me up, you put me below Stone Cold Willow? The only person Stone Cold above you is Steve Austin. Right. Come on. Yes, unless you got a bald head and yeah. you Stone Cold, you shouldn't be above that. Exactly. But Adam Banks was number nine on the list. I mean, but I'd I, have moved you up. I'm still appreciative of it, though. Absolutely. I'm still appreciative of it. Max Duffy's top ten media members. I don't think Matt Jones appreciated it. Well, you know who else uh, probably don't appreciate it? It's those stoops. I'd say I'd say Max ain't gonna get the invite to the Christmas party this year. Stoops didn't appreciate it either. I'm sure he's seen that and was like, "Oh, there's that little a hole." Uh-huh. There. There's that dude. But what's funny about it is, is my name really starting to circle around the Kentucky airwaves like I that? I love it. <laughs> I love it <laughs> to the point that he can put that out there, uh-huh. and not one person will write back. Who, who's that? Who's number nine? Yeah, it's like that? it's like they just know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you do, but I just thought it was pretty funny. But the fact that I was on that list, it, it cracked me up. I enjoy that. Yeah, so I appreciate it, Max, for putting me on the list. And you know what, Max? You're on my top ten greatest football players of the Mark Stoops era. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take Off the Cuff's song of the week break. So sit back and relax with a little dare by Gorillaz. We'll be back. You know, Amber, we talked about some bangers that Netflix has been putting out on their streaming service, and they have been. Oh, they put out so much good stuff. And... Another good documentary that they put out was covering the story of the former Notre Dame linebacker, Monty Teo. Mantateo. Mantateo, yes. Shows what I know about football. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping my folks, this ain't a sports show. <laughs> Even though some people think it is. For, Apparently we are. Yeah, uh, for some odd reason, but it's not. What's his name? I think it's Manti Teo. Okay. Well, there is a documentary covering <laughs> Mr. Teo. Manti Teo? Teo. <laughs> Can't even get his last name right. And it's it's covering him and the situation he was in back when he was in college. And that is dealing with him getting catfished, mm-hmm. where he thought he was talking to a girl. Yep. And it was not a girl. It was a guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that. Mm-mm. But the girl he was talking to was wanting to transition into being a girl. Was it all that? Yes. Oh, I must have missed that part. And and uh, she, he just hadn't come out with it yet. Yeah. So that's that's what happened to Mr. Teo. Yeah. So it's a captivating story. And it happened in 2012. So what happened was... People found out about this because mm-hmm. Monty had a grandma die that yeah. he was very close to, and then uh, he same an- day. he announced it. And on the same day, he found out that the girlfriend that he thought he was talking to uh-huh. online, he got a call from a the girl's friend's brother. Yeah, and I put that in quotations, and it was really her. Yeah, that or him that called. Yeah, him, and and said that. 
oh, the girl that you were talking to died. Mm -hmm. The girl that you were seeing died, and she wrote you before every game, uh, but she just never did send you the letters Mm because she didn't know how you would think of it or whatever. So he gave her all of these letters Uh that she supposedly had wrote him, and he was like, you know what? That was the love of my life. I'm going to play my season in honor of her and my grandmother. Uh So the media eats stuff like that up. Oh, absolutely. So the whole season, it was all about Manti and his... Manti and his girlfriend and his grandma, and he was such a stud on campus. He was big man on campus. Uh-huh. He had a killer season. Oh, yeah, he Notre did. Dame broke records, was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. So he had the world by the coattails. But then it come out that the girlfriend that he said died mm-hmm. was fake. Didn't exist. And it was it, he was exposed by that because the girl, mm-hmm. who I think was faking him the whole time, came forward and exposed it. Well, I think it was just so much uh, was kind of getting out there because I think there was an investigative journalist that kind of picked up on it and was like, wait, here's this dude. Like you said, he he's up for the Heisman. He's playing, you know, this stellar season. You know, he was the big man on campus. And you mean to tell me he lost both of these people yeah. same day? And he did. He made a big deal about it. Yeah. He said it everywhere he went. And I think even when he was doing his Heisman, didn't he even say something about, you know, I dedicate this to the love yes. of my life? Yes. And I think people started, you know, just kind of questioning who is this girl? And they started looking into her and she didn't exist. She didn't exist. And then all roads started leading back to the actual person who was uh, portraying, I guess, the girlfriend. And it, you know, come to find out that it was at the time, you know, it was a gentleman that was pretending to be a woman. Yes. Uh, His name was Ronaya uh, Tuasopo. You got the first one right. Yes. Do I mean that's a uh that last name is tough. He was assigned male at birth, struggled with uh his gender and then eventually transitioned to a female and uh, but the thing is is he wasn't up front. No. He wasn't up front with Monty and Monte. Manta. 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 He wasn't she wasn't up front with Manti and that is where the mess comes in at. Well, you know, I think the most, I'm going to say, disgusting and disturbing thing about all of it yep. was, you know, so she, uh, Renaya wants to end the relationship and I think even makes a, a premature call, you know, oh, the girlfriend's gotten into a car wreck, you know, she's on life support. Uh, can we lay the phone down and you talk to her? Yep. So this dude, this man, Tateo, you know, Dude's about to be, you know, up for a Heisman. He's one of the best, you know, up-and-coming football stars. And he's talking to this, like, this person who is pretending to be a woman. I love you. You're going to pull through this. You're yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. And it sounded like yes. a woman. And then he had me fooled. Well, then he's like, you know, I start hearing my name. Man, die. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my. Are you serious? How naive. Are you? Oh, well, and how how disturbed do you have to be to do that to somebody? But what gets me is why he kept it going, why he kept this relationship going with an online girlfriend. Dude, you are big man on campus. You mm-hmm. are the star. And when you got that many people on campus worshiping you, uh-huh. girls and guys, if that's your thing, uh-huh. then you had it at your fingertips mm-hmm. and you threw it all away for an online relationship and ultimately it came back to bite you because it was fake. 
and and he lost everything. I think the tragedy of the story is when he found all of this out mm-hmm. and he was getting exposed and humiliated and embarrassed by it. He wasn't playing as well, and teams didn't want to take, I don't think, a sacrifice on him. Well, I mean, there was just a lot of baggage that was going to come with it, you know, because there were allegations that this was an entire hoax. I think that's what it was originally being slated as, is this is a hoax yeah. that he's pulling to get sympathy votes. Right. And, they thought he was lying to yeah. to the media just for a story. Exactly. So I, don't, I can see why people probably didn't want to put their hands on him at the time. So Netflix, they did release a documentary covering that story. Uh, it is tragic because he did get drafted, but ultimately dropped and he's no longer in the NFL. I don't know what he's doing now. I don't know how much money he's made yeah. uh, since his time in the NFL, but not what he should be making. Oh, most definitely not. But it's very sad. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, we still have one more segment to go, so stick with us. We'll be right back. Blues, what blues? Hey, I forgot them. The sun and the sand and a drink in my hand. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. Amber, at the top of the show, I gave our fans life hacks that they can use going forward in life. High beams at the red light. Well, what if I told you that I could give you and the audience life-saving tips Okay, to save your life? Oh, not like money savings. No, like no, like, no. Okay, okay. No, no, no. To save your life. Okay. I might need some of these. That This is useful information, folks. So everybody always likes to make fun of me because I sleep with my door closed. Yeah. A lot of people have wrote me and said, that's weird. I don't care. <laughs> There's been worse said about me. But I do. I sleep with my door shut. I just feel more secure when, when that happens. Yeah, I do too. So they say uh-huh. that that is actually the safest way to sleep. Yes. Because if a fire happens while you're sleeping, having the door closed can leave your room almost completely untouched. It can. Now, when you open the door, whoosh, the fire will engulf. But there you go. Uh-huh. Keeping your door closed will keep you safe from your room just being engulfed in flames. And it will give you time to wake up and... Instead of dying of fire or heat ventilation. Exactly. Okay, if your car accelerator gas gets stuck, uh-huh. what are you supposed to do? Let me ask you. Pull the e-brake. Is that what you think? I, I, that's probably what I do. Well, it sounds here, it says here uh-huh. that putting your car in neutral okay. is the thing that will take care of it. Well, all it right. It will make your car stop. Now, a lot of people don't think about that. It's a lot going on. Oh, uh, yeah. You're going 90, 100, 110 mm-hmm. miles per hour. You're not thinking about, okay, well, maybe I can just put it in neutral. No. No. But I'm here to tell you, if you can just think from okay. broadcast 429, <laughs> off the cuff told you to just throw her in neutral. Throw her in neutral. So it says here, uh, also, here's a tip. A wagging tail from a dog Mm -hmm. does not always mean a friendly dog. Uh, No, I can tell you that one. A lot of people, though, they think that when a dog is wagging its tail, it's a happy little thing. Uh Uh-uh. That's not the case. They ain't hung out with pee-pee girl. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got with pee-pee girl? Uh Uh-uh. Here's another life hack. Flammable and inflammable mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. So 
don't think that just because you see something that says inflammable mm-hmm. that it's not going to catch on fire. That's exactly what it means. Exactly. They both mean capable of burning. Yes. So if you see something that says inflammable, don't think that that's unflammable. No. It's it's inflammable, which means capable of burning. Uh-huh. Okay. If you get lost in the woods, here's mm-hmm. another tip. If you get lost in the woods... Stay where you are. Yeah. Don't try to find your way out because chances are you're going to end up getting more lost Uh and you're going to cause the people to have to look for you in a bigger search area. Exactly. So tell people where you are. That's a tip, too, before you you go hiking. Don't ever go hiking without telling somebody you went hiking. Yeah, just uh, drop it on your Google map and send that to somebody. Here's another life tip that could save your life, ladies and gentlemen. Most drunk driving deaths occur on Saturday night between midnight to 3 a.m., so avoid the roads during these times if you can help it. Gross. If you are near the ocean and water suddenly disappears or recedes unexpectedly, you better get out Mm -hmm. because, ladies and gentlemen, that's likely a tsunami. Mm -hmm. Purple flags at the beach mean dangerous sea life in the area. Okay. Most people understand the other flags, but purple can be a little confusing. So if you see purple, that means that there is dangerous sea life in the area. So like sharks and stuff? Uh, That seems like a prettiest dangerous sea life to me. All righty. Check your breast, Uh and check your testicles, guys and gals, once a week, and don't be afraid to go to the doctor if you notice them. (laughs) That's another life tip (laughs) that can help you out. If you get trapped on thin ice, Mm -hmm. lay down on your stomach and crawl or wiggle your way back to shore from the direction you came from. Chances are, if the ice held when you were standing up, it will continue to hold, it will continue to hold your weight. Uh, over more surfaced area. Now, if I get stuck on thin ice with you, like metaphorically speaking, can I do the same thing and you won't be mad at me anymore? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Whether you're being attacked or taken, always remember to scratch the bejesus out of somebody mm-hmm. that's taken you because this way you'll have their DNA under your nails. Exactly. And they'll be able to find who they were based off the DNA you find under your nails because if you scratch mm-hmm. them, It'll be under there. If you don't touch them, their DNA is essentially not on you. Well. Good chance it might not be. So scratch, 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 folks. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Uh, Let's see here. It says that uh, you can give Mm -hmm. yourself the Heimlich Maneuver. Okay. Leaning over a chair and falling into your almost ribcage slash slash the top of your stomach can knock your uh, whatever it is out of your windpipe. Okay. So you don't have to have somebody there to help you out. See, but I would end up slipping and falling and hitting my head, and then I would die from blunt force trauma and choking. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, the last life tip is if you are close, if you are on or close to train rails, Trains move faster than they appear to. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind. Except if you're in a car waiting for it to pass by quickly so you can go on about your day. Right. I actually seen a woman get hit by a train one time. Oh, my word. She was leaving church. Uh-huh. She went to church with us, and she she tried to beat it, and it slammed right into her. She survived. Yeah. Scary, though. Oh, my word. 
the impact I remember the sound of that. The sound, I couldn't handle that. That's a lot. That's that's a lot. Yeah. Very lucky to be alive. But ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff. You can check out all of our previous episodes on podcast. We are on Apple Podcast. We are on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can listen to Off the Cuff every Thursday live with new episodes. On Thursday from 4 to 5, right here on Radio Lex WLXU 93.9. You can stream the show anywhere in the world on the Radio Lex app or on the web at radiolex.us. You can follow the show on social media at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. You can follow my co host on social media, Amboo447. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We're going to hit the old dusty trail, and we'll catch you down the road.